Hey guys and welcome to a new episode. This is your host Mohammed. We are continuing with our GU review. First question I would like to ask is hallmark of stage 2 endometrial cancer. Key thing for stage 2 is endocervical or cervical invasion of the endometrial tumor. As we said before, endometrial cancer would be ill-defined heterogeneous mass or mixed echogenicity mass if it's on ultrasound and if it's on the MRI it would be ill-defined hypo and hyperintense mass and stage 2 would indicate cervical invasion. Key imaging features of arcuate uterus. We said this is sometimes considered a normal variant without complications, meaning without complications related to possible infertility. Now on imaging we see broad indentation of the fundus, meaning the fundus would be pointing down toward the cervical canal with normal contours. Imaging features of oncocytoma. Now the key thing to know is you cannot differentiate oncocytoma from RCC, but if they were asked for the imaging characteristics, on non-contrast imaging it would be isointense to the renal parenchyma, and on contrast it may demonstrate homogeneous enhancement with potential or may show a non-enhancement central scar, though not typically seen. These are non-specific findings and you could never exclude oncocytoma based on imaging only. What is the Robson classification of RCC? Now this is a most widely used classification system and stage 1 is RCC confined to the kidney. Stage 2 involvement of the perinephric fat without extension beyond Grota's fascia. Now stage 3 that's typically well you see any of the questions they ask on the exam because it has A, B and C parts. So stage 3A involves the renal vein. Stage 3B involves the adjacent lymph nodes. And finally stage 3 is both renal vein and nodal involvement. Stage 4A is direct invasion of adjacent structures. And stage 4B is distant metastasis. I doubt they will ask that, but I think they will ask you to differentiate between stage 3A, stage 3B, and stage 3C. To summarize, stage 3A is RCC with renal vein involvement, stage 3B, RCC with lymphadenopathy, and finally stage 3C is renal vein and nodal involvement. When talking about prostate nodules, what are the signal characteristics and types of prostate nodules? We have two types of prostate nodules. We have glandular benign prostatic hyperplasia and stromal benign prostatic hyperplasia. We'll start with the stromal BPH. Now stromal BPH will have low T2 signal because it is composed of thick stroma or stromal tissue or fibers which would be T2 dark glandular BPH will have increased T2 signal. If you remember we said prostate cancer is typically T2 dark and restricts diffusion so stromal BPH will be difficult to exclude from 
prostate cancer based on T2 signal characteristics, we can use the diffusion restriction as well as the pattern, meaning well-rounded, does it have the erased charcoal, which would be a sign of prosthetic cancer versus just dark rounded lesions. What structures arise from the Wolfian ducts? The way they're asking it is to tell the embryonic structures Wolfian ducts give anatomy to male structures, so vast difference, seminal vesicle, and epididymis. This is compared to Mullerian duct, which is given rise to female structures. Imaging features of adrenal carcinoma. This is also known as adrenocortical carcinoma or adrenal cancer. On imaging, we see a large solid and unilateral renal mass. Obviously, it can be bilateral. It contained hemorrhagic areas and cystic area, given it its mixed signal characteristic. And finally, key feature of it is invasion into adjacent structures, including veins. What is the important anatomical landmark for defining cystocele or rectocele? That's the pupococcygeal line, as we said before. Again, pupococcygeal line is the line or theoretical line that connects the inferior edge of the pupus to the final coccygeal joint in the mid-sagittal plane. Types of renal sinus cyst. We have parapelvic cyst and peripelvic cyst. Key things to know, parapelvic cyst is a renal cortical cyst that herniates into the renal sinus. Typically, it's a large solitary cyst and found with adjacent cortical simple cyst. Peripelvic cyst, on the other hand, originates from lymphatics, often bilateral and multiple confluent and non-communicating cysts, surround and compress the calyces, meaning if we were to do an excretory phase study, it will not communicate obviously with it, but also it would compress adjacent calyces. Order of occurrence of transitional cell cancers. Obviously, most commonplace is the bladder because urine sits the most. Secondary is the renal pelvis. Obviously, urine collects in the renal pelvis. And the least commonplace, it's still common, is the ureters. Again, bladder, renal pelvis, and finally, ureter. What is the most common place for ectopic pregnancy to occur in? That's the ampulla. Ampulla represent the longest portion of the fallopian tube, and that's where you would expect pregnancy to occur. To review the anatomy of the fallopian tube, we start from the ovary, where we have the fimbria, followed by the infundibulum, then the ampulla, isthmus, and the interstitial portion of the fallopian tube as it enters the uterus. Classic imaging features of a dermoid. So on ultrasound, we have typical terms describing the dermoid as the tip of the iceberg or dot dash sign. On MRI, we have T1 bright signal from fat and it will suppress on suppression of the fat. Imaging features of nephrogenic wrists. 
What are nephrogenic risks? These are metanephric blastema that persist beyond 36 weeks of gestation. They have the potential for malignant transformation into Wilms tumor, especially if they are bilateral. On ultrasound, we see hypoechoic nodules, and the key thing here is to differentiate it from AML, which would be hyperechoic because of its fatty content. What are the types of RCC? We have clear cell RCC, and that is the most common subtype. It typically enhances slightly greater than the renal parenchyma and associated with von Hippolandu. It's the most common one, so it is sporadic, but it is also associated with von Hippolandu. Next subtype is papillary RCC. This is a hypovascular tumor and has good prognostic value. It is associated with renal transplant. It's not seen in the transplant kidney particularly. It is developed in patients who receive renal transplant, probably related to them being on dialysis. Chromophobe is the type of RCC with the best prognosis. It is associated with Berthog-Dubé. Finally, medullary carcinoma is associated with sickle cell trait or sickle cell, and it is a very aggressive tumor. And a very rare subtype is the collectin duct carcinoma, also has a poor prognosis. Again, to summarize associations, clear cell is associated with von Hippolandu, papillary RCC associated with renal transplant, chromophobe is associated with Berthog-Dubé, and finally, medullary carcinoma is associated with sickle cell trait. <music> Typical spread pathway for epididymitis, typically it starts at the tail, because the tail is the most dependent portion, so I guess infection settles there. Then it ascends through the body to the head of the epididymis, and finally it will infect the testis. Again, tail, then body, then head of the epididymis, and then it will include the testis. Now, if we see an isolated orchitis or infection of the testis, it's an easy trick question trying to get you to choose mumps again. Isolated orchitis is mumps. <music> Difference between delayed and persistent nephrogram. Delayed nephrogram is when one kidney enhances and the other enhances, but relatively after that one. It's typically due to extrinsic compression or intrinsic obstruction. Persistent nephrogram is seen in sick kidney or shock where the kidney will retain the contrast material either because of failure of excretion or because of shock and the kidney is resorbing everything that is being secreted. Let's review vaginal cysts. We talked about two cysts already. We talked about Bartholin cyst being behind the vaginal inlet or on the posterior vaginal inlet. We said skin gland cyst on the anterior of the vaginal inlet, which leaves us with Gartner cyst. Gartner cyst is on the anterior wall, except it's superior, it's not at the vaginal inlet. It's in the midway of the ab of the vagina between the cervix and the vaginal inlet. Again, Bartholin is behind, skin is anterior, and Gartner is in the middle. Middle, that is middle between the cervix and the vaginal inlet anteriorly.
chromophobe RCC is associated with Berthog-Dubé, but it is also associated with tuberous sclerosis. Again, chromophobe RCC is associated with Berthog-Dubé and tuberous sclerosis, or clear cell cancer is seen in von Hippelandu disease. Again, clear cell, von Hippelandu, Berthog-Dubé gives us chromophobe, tuberous sclerosis gives us the chromophobe type, and renal transplant is the papillary type of RCC, and finally, sickle cell disease or sickle cell trait associated with the medullary type RCC. Review of a couple of days ago, testicular tumor associated with elevated AFP, we said mixed gel cell, germ cell tumor and yellow sac tumor are associated with elevated AFP. Again, testicular tumor associated with elevated AFP, mixed gel cell tumor and yellow sac tumor. What are the products of the Mullerian duct? Here, the key thing to know is Mullerian duct give rise to female genital structures, mainly uterus, fallopian tube, and the upper two-thirds of the vagina. Wolfian ducts give the male reproductive structures as we described earlier. Common etiologies for medullary nephrocalcinosis. Again, this is medullary nephrocalcinosis. Hyperparathyroidism is the most common cause. Renal tubular acidosis type 1, childhood Lasix or furosemide treatment, papillary necrosis, and medullary sponge kidney. Medullary sponge kidney, what it is, it's caused by ectatic tubules within the medullary pyramid, leading to urinary stasis and formation of microstones or microcalcifications. Again, medullary sponge kidney is due to ectatic renal tubules within the renal pyramids, which leads to urine stasis and formation initially of tiny stones. These stones can become big, but typically they're very small. This is the most common causes of medullary nephrocalcinosis. Now, what are common causes for cortical nephrocalcinosis? Cortical nephrocalcinosis or calcifications within the cortex of the kidney is not common but can be seen in acute shock where there is a drop of blood pressure or shock due to burn trauma, which presents with calcifications in the cortex as we alluded to earlier. Again, so shock states in general give us cortical nephrocalcinosis, be it from drop in blood pressure or shock due to burn. Key thing for staging of organ-confined bladder cancer is muscle invasion. If there is muscle invasion, this would require cystectomy. If there is no muscle invasion, then that would not require surgical involvement. Again, bladder cancer staging, important to distinguish muscular invasion from none because it changes the surgical approach. I repeat it this question probably 20 times but one more time what is the differential for t2 dark renal lesion we said hemorrhagic cyst papillary rcc and lipid poor aml 
what is the effect of tamoxifen on the endometrial? So tamoxifen is used as a selective estrogen receptor modulator, which is antagonist to the breast tissue, but it functions as an agonist in the, to the or estrogen agonist on the endometrial tissue. So it's estrogen antagonist on the breast tissue, but estrogen agonist on the endometrial tissue, which causes endometrial hyperplasia and cystic changes and that's why we screen patients who receive tamoxifen with pelvic ultrasound because there is an increased risk for development of endometrial cancers. What is the most common type of uterine fibroids? That's the intramural or fibroid within the muscles. What about what's the least common type of fibroids? It's the submucosal. So this is submucosal, not subserosal, meaning submucosal adjacent to the endometrial canal or underneath the mucosa next to the endometrial canal. Which type of hydatiform mole is associated with increased risk of malignant transformation? This is the complete mole. Again, complete mole has a higher risk of malignant transformation, complete Mole does not have any embryonic tissue. Partial mole has embryonic tissue and has a very, very low rate of malignant transformation. This is the final question for today. What is the presentation of HELP syndrome? HELP syndrome is hemolysis, elevated liver enzyme, and low platelets. This is seen in the last trimester of pregnancy just prior to delivery and on imaging they can show a subcapsular hematoma telling you that this patient has HELP syndrome.